confidence. It's the Council Roundup, 92.7 WMAY. This is Trent R. Nelson. And what a busy council it was. First, there was a special meeting briefly prior to the Council of the Whole. Well, we moved some ordinances to final passage, kept some hunkered down in committee or tabled, but we'll get to all of that. I'm so happy to have you this morning. So, City Council met last night, and we will go over precisely what they got into. Again, they started out with their special meeting, took care of two ordinances, 2023-420 and 2023-421, which had to do with health insurance premiums and health benefits for active and non-active union and non-union participants, also known as employees, the city of Springfield. Last week's meeting, Mike Allwood came and spoke. You can hear that at the city of Springfield's website. And he talked about how In his mind, the surest way to decrease the cost of health insurance was to choose options with the highest deductible. The highest deductible, through his analysis, would eventually mean lower premiums. 2023-420 and 2023-421 at the special meeting of the city council moved those into passage. That was just a quick six-minute meeting no big deal, had unanimous consent for each. And then that meeting was adjourned and we got to the Council of the Whole. And it moved quickly. It moved quickly, yet two hours is admittedly two hours. After all of the niceties, the call to order, the pledge, the quorum, the roll call of members, etc., etc., approval of the October 10th committee meeting minutes, made quick presentations Sacred Heart Griffin's men's and women's, boys and girls, golf team, well, they both came to the council meeting and, wow, accomplished, to say the least. The men's golf team actually won the state golf championship recently, and the girls team finished second overall, yet had a champion by the name of Izzy Hasselbrook. Absolutely Significant stuff. Mayor Misty Busher uh, proclaimed their accomplishments and acclaimed their ambition, how they reflect upon Springfield and, of course, our wonderfully broad and diverse community. Now, from there, well, we got into the nitty, the gritty. We boogied. The ordinances that remained tabled or in committee... Well, the list, it's not prohibitive. We can go through it quick and we can go through, in passing, what everything was about. 2023-201 through 203 were each ordinances that were previously requested by former Mayor Jim Langfelder as well as Alderman Roy Williams Jr. And they had to do with the question, sometimes thorny, sometimes sticky, Uh, concerning disclosures for city officials, whether it be concerning ownership of property, functioning alongside video terminals for video gaming. There's a lot there. 
those ordinances remain tabled, as did 2023, 430 through 432, which were all related to to the Springfield Police Department's Community Connections Program. Really, they were all ordinances directing payment out of the funds that the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity had provided through endowment to the Springfield Police Department out to other entities. All three of those were originally requested by Alderman Gregory in September. Meanwhile, 2023-443, well, it's, it's an issue that for those who like to get work done outside, they could probably empathize with. The Department of Public Works of the city needs a new grapple truck. They have three. They need a fourth, so they say for maintenance and repair purposes. So they have a bit of a rotation. That also remains tabled, but there were lots that didn't. And now that we've gotten through those with a quick a quick analysis, we can go to ordinances that were brought up for committee consideration. And we have some really interesting ones here. We have 2023-479, which was moved to consent concerning, and, and it is involving and approving a professional services agreement with Hanson Professional Services Incorporated in an amount not to exceed $48,300 for services encompassing the creation of an RFQ, that is a request for qualification, as well as an RFP, which is a request for proposals, for the partial and phased dismantling and tearing down of the Dalman Units 31, 32, and 33, as well as Lakeside's Precipiter and Chimney. Now, for those that have been, well, following the city council, perhaps you're environmentally minded, this ordinance was moved to consent, and it is essentially a point in the starting process that would eventually see the Dalman power plant changed, we could say. Innovated might be another word. Modified is a third alongside the current analysis concerning what dolmen in the area should be used for next, whether it's natural gas, as some have suggested, whether it's something more energy resource reusable friendly, perhaps wind or solar. There's a lot in the future, but this is what's going on in the present. Council Roundup, Trent R. Nelson here, 92.7 WMAY, talking about all of the things that you might have missed last night's City of Springfield City Council. Council of the Whole also had a special meeting before that, which focused on health insurance premiums and benefits for active union and non-union employees. That is still in the works, but that's something to look forward to as well. After CLP was taken care of concerning the Dalman ordeal. We had 2023-480 and 2023-481 also moved to consent agenda. 2023-482 was moved to the consent agenda. It is a matter of public works and is specifically dealing with the Northeast Pilot Area's sanitary sewer improvements. There are need for sewers and for innovations as it regards waste management and to throw the language into words we can all understand, they need to fix the sewers, the Northeast Pilot Area. This is an innovation 
that positively affects all of a community. We cannot have any one part of a collective such as ours with subpar waste management conditions. It's something that balloons out. When one suffers, we all suffer. 2023-483 was also moved to the consent agenda. Alderwoman Connolly did, however, ask for consistent updates from the office of Crawford, Murphy, Antilly Incorporated, who are doing much of the work around the Headley Road public innovation. 2023-484 was moved to the consent agenda. That was concerning improvements related to Illinois Highway Code that were necessary for Headley Road from Coke Mill Road to West White Oaks Drive. And then we had a little bit of boogieing, okay? 2023, 485 through 489, they all are concerning Springfield Rail Improvement Project, and all five of these ordinances were actually moved to a motion for an omnibus vote, was made, was seconded. The motion then to move it to the consent agenda was made. And finally, all in this little subsection of the city council meeting, passage of the omnibus collection of five bills was also approved by the city council in a unanimous fashion. There is really no debating concerning the Springfield Rail Improvements projects that are all across the city. Hence, there was no reason to even keep the ordinances on the consent for next time everyone comes to hang out on a Tuesday night. Now, as it concerns general city business, we will move quickly, although perhaps the most interesting point of the evening comes here. While there are various pieces of business moved to the consent agenda concerning liquor licenses for restaurants such as Blue Margarita's Mexican Bar and Grill, as well as the Yummy Crab Restaurant, both of which our audience may or may not be familiar with. We then get into Ordinance 2023-494. Now, this ordinance, for those that have been following and paying attention, it has been in the offing for some time. At the mayoral debates, current Mayor Misty Busher noted that she was in favor of appraising the residency requirements for all related City of Springfield jobs and employees. Currently, there is a residency requirement, as many people know, to work in the city, although it is not for police officers. It is for, for the rest of the community. At those aforementioned 2023 mayoral debates, former Mayor Langfelder was supportive of adding that residency requirement for police officers. Current Mayor Busher seemed hesitant or not enthused. And 2023-494 looks to roll those requirements back. And former older person Joe McMiniman, he came back to the city of Springfield City Council to discuss this very ordinance. And of course, we do not have enough time here on Council Roundup with Trent Nelson to 
to go into the whole debate because it was spirited and nearly everyone's older person took part in it in one form, fashion, or another. But former older person McMenamin gave us a brief bit of the history concerning why the residency requirement exists. And of course, something that we preach here on all of our programs, context is key. In a vacuum, arguments can be made however we wish for them to be made. And through the use of logic connected to outside circumstances, we can feel ourselves correct. Yet it is through context that we gain real clarity. Let's listen to former older person McMenamin. Welcome back. <laughs> it's been six months. I got to say, it's been wonderful to be without the phone calls, text messages, emails, and so forth, and preparing for Tuesday night meetings. Congratulations to the new older persons and to all the returning older persons. Um, thanks for the opportunity to discuss sure. residency. It's a, a very important issue. It deserves uh, careful attention. And uh, I'd like to just give some history, some historical background to the issue. The city did not have a residency requirement until 1976. Uh, at that time, our commission former government uh, passed a residency requirement. At that time, we had 1,400 city employees. And according to the SJR at the time, 87 li lived outside the city limits, so 87 of 1,400. And the commissioners at that time thought, well, they were concerned about that. And um, at that time, it was mostly utility employees that lived outside the city limits. We had, according to the SJR, about three or four police officers outside the city limits and the, roughly the same number of firefighters outside the city limits. So they passed the ordinance. And uh, essentially, from 1976 to 2000, we became an entirely residential city for our employees. By the year 2000, we had about 1,700 employees, and they all lived within the city limits, all 1,700 of them. And at that time, the city council then passed a ordinance to do away with residency. And uh, at the time, most thought that it would, have a, it would be of little consequence. But that's not the way it turned out. So in... Again, in year 2000, we've got 1,700, 1700 employees living within our city limits. Within four years, within four years, 20% of, of our employees did not live within the city limits by 2004. By 2009, 30% of our city employees did not live within our city limits. And at that point in time, some of the aldermen began raising concerns. And the concern was, you know, all that, we're, we're sending our wealth outside of the city to be spent outside of our city. And we're losing some middle-class backbone. We're losing some pillars of the community, that type of uh, concern. So in year 2012, the city council and Alderman Edwards was strongly in support of it. Alderman, now Senator Doris Turner was strongly in support of a referendum on the question of residency. So the question was put on the ballot in November of 2012, 11 years ago. And the, it was just a basic question. It was an advisory question. Uh, voters, do you think we should reset a residency obligation for future hires? We weren't going to 
drag people back into the city that were, that were already outside just for new city hires. And that uh, ordinance that was introduced by uh, that, uh, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. We had an ordinance in 2016, which I'll get to. But so the, uh, the referendum had these results. 29,000 of our residents said, yes, let's have a residency requirement. 29,000. The ward with the highest yes vote was Ward 10. 4,000 in Ward 10 said, yes, let's have a residency requirement. The percentage of yes overall was 59% across the whole city. Ward by ward, it kind of was anywhere from six, uh, excuse me, 56% up to uh, 67%, except for Ward 1. Ward 1 was a had a, a, a split decision. It was basically 50%, 50% in Ward 1. So after that, uh, this, that you know, advisory referendum, uh, a year later, the city council proposed an ordinance. It was uh, sponsored by uh, Alderwoman Turner, myself, and Mayor Langfelder. And basically, that ordinance, which is still in the books right now, basically says... Uh, if you're outside the city limits, okay, that's a done deal. You can stay outside the city limits. But for new hires, you'll have 12 months to move in the city. And if you, if you can't make appropriate arrangements within one year, then the mayor and the city directors can exercise their dis discretion if there's an extreme hardship and give an additional six months to move in. So uh, that's the way things stand now. I'm very concerned that this ordinance as written would open the barn door and would never be able to close it again like we did in 2012. So that's my concern. Um, I've always focused on the economic impact, the positive economic impact of residency. So just for easy math, let's say our city payroll is $100 million, and 30% of our employees do not live within the city limits. They live in Chatham or Rochester, Pleasant Plains, or Decatur. Who knows? I mean, they're spread out. So let's say 30% live outside of city limits. 30% of our payroll of, let's say, $100 million, it's, it's higher than that, is $30 million. So $30 million, what's the rule of thumb of, you know, for every dollar you put into a local economy, how many times does it turn over? Seven times is the rule of thumb. So that $30 million goes outside our city limits and gets turned over. Let's go, it turns over three times, let's say. That's $90 million of spending outside of our city limits. It has a very significant impact on our sales tax because that's, re that's spending that's taking place outside that does not generate sales tax for our city uh, uh, government expenses. Uh, there's other, now, it's not just our city current payroll We've got to look at the retirees that once they're living outside the city limits, presumably they, they remain outside the city limits. And I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Chair, if I'm going over, I'm almost done. Well, I, um, I think you're speaking to an issue, and I, I, I can get some clarity from corporate council, but this is not like at the end of city council where you get five minutes. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, is it the same rule? It, it is, unless the chair would like to give them discretion. Okay, I'll give you a couple more minutes since you'll previous all of them. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, and this is more in the nature of a presentation where we have people come in and present. They get yeah, 10, okay. 15, 20 minutes on a, on a certain situation. Um, so 
uh, we've also got our retirees that live outside the city limits. So uh, if you calculate what percentage of our retirees live outside the city, you know, and you do the multiplier on that type of spending, it's another uh, 50 to million dollars. Then, um, you know, the state of Illinois shares revenue with the municipality based on the population. So if we lose population, that's less revenue sharing. It's $240 per head basically right now. So if we got 3,000 less population, 3,000 times $240, that's lost <coughs> revenue. It's, it's, it's a utility issue in the sense that if we've got households living outside the city that would otherwise be living within the city if we had a residency requirement, that's revenue that's not going to our utility because they're not paying into city WLP for water, electric, and so forth. So in summary, here's what I'd recommend to the city council. Uh, work with our existing ordinance, and if we say that you've got one year to move into the city after being hired, extend that to 18 months or two years. And we have a tight job market right now. If someone's married, they, they have a home in uh, Decatur, it's, it's going to be tough for them to find a home in Springfield and, um, and deal with the increased uh, interest charges. So um, expand the Time to move in to a greater number of months. Give our mayor uh, more authority and our directors to give a discretionary waiver of the, a temporary waiver of the uh, residency requirement. And uh, just, I would say, think long term and not short term on this. Think of what's good for the city long term. And uh, I hope that um, you'll come up with a, a good solution two weeks from now. And of course, to hear the other arguments, the other sides, the other discussions, head on to the City of Springfield City Council's page on their website. The audio is there. You can find links to the video as well on WMAY.com. Really fascinating stuff. We are excited to see how this continues to progress over the weeks and months ahead. And of course... Did we miss things? Of course we missed things. There were other innovations. There were other ordinances discussed. There were other individuals that spoke. There was a lot of great meat, but as with so much of knowledge and art, much of it gets shaved away, left on the, as they call the cutting room floor. Council Roundup, Trent Nelson, 92.7 WMAY, and WMAY.com. What a city council. There will not be one next week. City council will not be in operation next week. They will be back the week after, which means that so will we. Whenever there's city council stuff to talk about, you come to the council roundup. Trent Nelson, it is always our pleasure. And enjoy the rest of your day. Stay knowledgeable.